This episode of Author Stories is brought to you by the Writing Mastery Academy. Founded by Jessica Brody, author of the best-selling plotting guide, Save the Cat Writes a Novel. The Writing Mastery Academy features online, on-demand writing courses, including the official Save the Cat Writes a Novel companion course, novel fast drafting, crafting dynamic characters, and productivity hacks for writers to name just a few, plus monthly live webinars on various writing topics. Go to jessicabrody.com slash hank to learn more and get your first month of unlimited access to all the content for just $6. That's right, just $6. jessicabrody.com slash hank. You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret White. Terry Brooks. Sheena Kamal. Matthew Quick. J.T. Ellison. Walt D. Williams. Brad Ford. Corey Dr. O. Brandon Sanders. Robin Mom. Ernest Klein. Jim Butcher. Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm really excited to have Judy Battalion on the show with me. She has an amazing new book. It's called The Light of Days, The Untold Story of Women, Resistance Fighters in Hitler's Ghettos. Uh, What an amazing book. Um, Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Judy, we begin each show with the same question, and that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Oh, you start deep. What is my first memory of wanting to be a writer or a storyteller? I, I'm going to answer that by by a memory of kind of not necessarily my desire of wanting to be a writer, but actually feeling the magic of writing. Um, I remember being very young. I I think I would say four years old, four or five years old. And my grandfather, it was an unusual day. He picked me up from school um, and he was walking me back to his home after, after school and I remember as we were walking, my, my hand was in his pocket, in his coat, and I was saying to myself, I'm walking home with my Zadie, that's what I called my grandfather in Yiddish, and my hand is in his pocket, and we're walking on the street. And I was narrating the experience as I was living it. And this was quite magical to me. I, I was aware that I was doing that, that I was telling a story and, and being in the story at the same time. And I, you know, whenever, whenever I think back to the earliest writerly moment in my life, I, I think to that afternoon walking home with my Zadie um, and that kind of awareness that I could, I could narrate my life. Love that, um, Judy. Were were you a bookish kid? You know, were you a, a kid that that always had your nose in a book, or uh, you know, lived in fantasy worlds? Yes, I was a very bookish kid, and I 
I remember, my gosh, you're bringing me back, please. I remember <laughs> now, in, I remember it, over the summer, like in fifth grade or something, we were supposed to kind of keep, a, 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 write an index card for every book we'd read over the summer. And I came to school on that first day and I had like stacks and stacks of cards and everyone else had like three cards. <laughs> and I was actually so embarrassed. Um, it was a, an early moment of, of that kind of pre-adolescent or tween shame of, oh boy, I, I really read a lot of books. I'm different. I'm a little different. Wow. Do, when... Uh... You know, we we all come to writing at at different stages in life, and 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 some people know immediately that that they are going to pursue writing in in whatever form it takes, and 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 their career path goes that way. And then you know, some others of us, uh, you know, decide to. I, I think you used a phrase on your on your website that I that I love that that you went through a phase of. Um, career promiscuity and <laughs> I, I laughed out loud when I read that because I also um, I was like I, I can totally relate to that um, but did, did you you know in those formative years when you're trying to to figure out what kind of adult you're going to become and, and what sort of career you're going to pursue and what sort of mark you're going to make on the world what, what were some of those early ideas that you had I think I'm still in those formative years um Oh no, I I I I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to be a doctor. I was very good at math and science. And I think at that time when when girls were good at math and science, they were really encouraged to to do that. Um, then I was going to be a academic. Then I was I I I mean then I and then I had all kinds of odd jobs. Then I tried being a comedian for a while. Um, performer and actor I did some choreography I um I was a researcher for a long time I could go on <laughs> I really I I I I was uh, I was certainly promiscuous in my in my careers um and in my interests I was um, not someone that that was that knew I was going to be a writer I was not that what the um what intrigued you about performing? What what was it that drew you to that uh, sort of expression? Gosh, you're asking really <laughs> intense questions. <laughs> oh, well, I, I I wasn't prepared for these. Um, you know, I I I I I'm, I'm going to quote someone else here. Okay, uh, I remember reading. The, the dancer, this is many years ago, Yvonne Rayner wrote something about when you perform, you are entirely in the moment. You're not self-conscious. You are really alive. And I, I think maybe in some, in some way I was attracted to, to that. I've always enjoyed being funny or making people laugh. Um, so I, 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 I like that idea of comic performance. Um, yeah. I know lots of writers uh, who have spent time a as actors or uh, screenwriters or playwrights uh, or directors. And while there are beautiful uh, things about, uh, you know, collaborative performance and, and things like that, um, invariably, a lot of times there's frustration that comes with that because you're you're not in full control and 
you know, there, there are aspects of it that, that you would like to do differently or, or whatever. And, and, and sometimes those people, um, you know, wind up as writers and they feel, they feel more fulfilled, um, because they are in control of the, the entirety of the process. Um, uh, do you feel, uh, has, has writing given you an outlet that, that the other expressions couldn't? I think a lot of my writing is about being in control. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, it depends. I think when you, I was going to say when you enter a project, if you're working with someone else, and I still do that sometimes, I'm, I'm working on things with other people now, I, ha I have to be very, very aware that it's it's not mine, uh, that this is going to go in different ways, that it is a shared creative output. Um, and I have to, and it's, it is a struggle. I, I can do it and I do do it. And there are elements of collaborating that I really enjoy, um, for one company. Um, but I, I also have to really kind of check myself and, and, and talk to myself about it often to, to, um, remind myself that this is not in my control. Um, when writing by myself on the page, Yes, of course. I, I, I am in control there. I mean, until, of course, an editor, a copy editor, another copy editor, <laughs> have a look at it, but, and then a fact checker, oh. and then go away. Um, but yes, this is my, this is my words, my telling, my understanding, and, and I come to understand it through the writing, too. So, yes, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember your question, but yes, there is an element, you know, my first book was a memoir and a lot of my writing has been more memoir and sure. A lot of that is, I think, an attempt to even control my own life story, to make sense of it, to distill it, to give it meaning, um, the, I'm in control of the writing that way, but also of my life and of my past. So, yes, basically I'm a control freak is what we're <laughs> saying. Yeah, a, a lot of us are. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You're safe here with, with, with other control freaks that are listening. <laughs> Um, that that first book that you mentioned, White Walls, uh, a memoir about motherhood, daughterhood, and the mess in between. What was what was the impetus for that book? Um, oh gosh, I've been talking about that book in a while, so now we'll we'll see if I if I rethink things many years later. Um, the impetus for that book was, you know, really I was I was um, I found myself quite. Well, semi-unexpectedly pregnant. Uh, I was going to have a, a daughter, and I had to felt that I, I had to desperately and and quite quickly work out my relationship with my own mother, a very fraught and difficult relationship. Um, and and a lot of that writing came, came from that place, trying to work through my own difficult uh, childhood and my ongoing difficult relationship with my mother so that I could somehow make sense of it and, and move forward being a mother myself. So that book, uh, while being memoir, um, obviously, is, is about you and, and your experiences and your memories of, of this uh, relationship. Um, 
your new book, The Light of <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, The Light of Days, um, is uh is a historical um book, which is which is obviously not about you. Um what was the the difference in approaching these two um, topics, you know, one you are obviously very familiar with because it's it's your life and your experiences. This uh, as more of a uh, of of a look at at historical people and events. Um, do you approach projects like these two differently? Like, what is the preparation like for for writing a book like The Light of Days as opposed to White Walls? I mean, they're completely different. Um, I think, I, I think, you know, White Walls was not a book. I didn't do external research for that memoir. Some people do do research in, in their memoir writing. I did not. It was really a personal story written from my memories and my, and, and my contemplations and my, and my fantasies. But they, it was really, um, I didn't do any research to write that book. Um, the Light of Days, on the other hand, was years of research and it, you know, in an odd twist, I, I was working entirely with um, memoirs. I was writing a history. I've written a history based on memoirs and personal testimonies. It's you know, eighty percent of my source material. So I felt very, very responsible to the women who are no longer alive, whose stories uh, I'm telling. I felt very, um, I mean, it was very important for me that I represented their stories with as much accuracy as possible. Um, whereas when I was writing memoir, accuracy was not very important to me at all. Emotions were important to me. Um, always good storytelling is important. But this book, as you could see, has something like 900 footnotes. I mean, being accurate and really relaying these women's stories, I felt a great responsibility to, to their memoirs and to make sure that they came across, um, in a sense, without too much of my input or editing. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20 or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month 
which includes hosting, and we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. How did you how did you stumble onto these stories, these uh, you know, the recollections of these actual people? And and when did you start picking up on on a theme, you know, that that this was this was not just an isolated incident, but this was um, you know, the, these stories make up um, a, a a forgotten or overlooked part of history that that was bigger than than we uh you know, initially can even can even imagine. Sure. So in, in a way, this was kind of accidentally handed to me as a as a history. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you that story. I, this so this whole thing began uh, in 2007. Um, I was living in London at the time and I was exploring elements around my Jewish identity. Um, I, I'm from a family of Holocaust survivors. I'm a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. And I was thinking a lot about um, issues around how I respond to danger and how my own legacy has sort of shaped that. And I decided to write a performance piece. Uh, so we were talking about before, this was gonna be for the stage, something I wanted to do. Um, about this idea to explore these ideas, and I wanted to focus on a this a central character, a strong Jewish woman. And the first person to come to mind was um, this woman, Hannah Senish. She's someone I had studied in fifth grade. I still remember the blue and white book that we read about her each week. Um, and Hannah Senish was uh, a young. Jewish girl, teenager uh, from Hungary. She was about 20 years old when she moved to what was then Palestine. Before This was before World War II. But during World War II, she decided to join the Allied forces and become a paratrooper and go back to Nazi-occupied Europe to fight the Nazis. And you know, I always studied her as a child as you know, real, obviously a symbol of courage and heroism. Um, but I was interested at that point when I was in London writing this performance piece to understand not just Hannah Senesch, the hero, but Hannah Senesch, the person. I mean, who goes back and voluntarily fights the Nazis? Um, what Jewish woman, what young Jewish woman would do that? I, I wanted to understand her personality, her audacity. Um, so I went to the British Library and I looked her up and ordered whatever books they had. And when I got my books, I noticed that one of them was a bit unusual. It was an old book, you know, that kind of woven fabric and the gold lettering. And, uh, and it was also in Yiddish, um, 200 pages of, of small Yiddish script. Um, but I always say what's even more unusual is I happen to speak Yiddish. So I start flipping through this book looking for Hannah Senesch. And so I can, you know, use this in my performance piece. But she, she's only in the last few pages. In front of her are, you know, 170 pages of stories of other Jewish women who were fighting the Nazis. And I should say that the book was called Freuen in the Ghettos, Women in the Ghettos. Um, but I had no idea that this would be a book about, I mean, the, about weapons and smuggling ammunition and blowing up German supply trains. And it was already a book about young women. Um, it was published in 1946 in the U.S., in New York, 
with the intention of telling American Jews what had happened, this, this great story of young Jewish women in the war. And uh, I, so I accidentally stumbled upon this, um, this already. And that, that book, and I knew, I knew this was, I, this was like nothing I'd ever heard of. Um, so I, I knew this was something I had to learn more about and, and pursue, though it took many, many years till it reached this current book form. Um, but in that book, there were about, um, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 women mentioned in, in small snippets. Um, and as I grew the project, I came to understand that there were hundreds, if not thousands of these women. Um, so yes, it, it, I, I, it was presented to me as a bit of a history or almost current events at the time, but I, I began to understand as I researched that it was an even greater history than I originally imagined. As you started looking into uh, Hannah's story and realized that that this was bigger, um, when did you like? What was the uh, what was it like to to realize that this was not an isolated incident, but this was that there was more of an underground movement going on? Um, what was it like when you started uncovering, uh, you know, the the reality of that? I mean, as as a writer, it was. It was both amazing and daunting because, um, you know, when you started, I would pick up one memoir and then I would find this woman's papers and I would find that she'd written a book that was published, you know, 40 years ago in some obscure thing. And then I would find that book and I would read it and I'd find 20 other women who are mentioned in that book. And then I would find their memoirs and their testimonies. And each of them had 20 other women who they mentioned. Um, so it was it was very exciting because it felt like I was I was entering this world. I, I felt like a detective, a sleuth. I, I I was finding these people and these stories, and and many of the anecdotes overlapped. And I was like, oh yeah, that time that that happened. Oh, she talked about that. Oh, she talked about that. Um, I, I I it felt very alive to me, but at the same time, that it really mushroomed. And you know, the more stories I found, the more the more daunting it, it, it was, how am I going to tell this? How am I going to pick? How am I going to condense this? How, how, how to do that? I know that you, you spent um, several years working on this book. What, what was it uh, like? When did you start putting together the narrative thread that would become this book? So when I, when I first began this project, I had no idea it was going to be this book. Um, in 2007, I, I first applied for a research, uh, a translation grant from a research institution, the Hadassah Brandeis Institute. Um, they did, I, someone recommended they did translation grants because it was a Yiddish text and I knew I needed first to translate it to English. And I thought that would take me like six months or something. It took years I, uh, for many reasons. It took a long time, and the um, the original book that I found it, it had no. It was almost like a collection of clips of which I found out later it was clips from newspapers from other countries. It was a, a kind of scrapbook. There was no context. There was no overall narrative. There was no explanation. So even just translating it was very difficult for me because. I didn't know the names. I didn't know the places. I didn't know what they were referring to. Um, and emotionally, also, it took me a long time to be able to really commit to spending my days in the Holocaust. Um, so 
at first I, I, I wasn't ready to work on it all the time. So it was really drips and drabs over a number of years where I was um, translating and then doing research just in order to translate the project. Um, and then I, and then it was going to be published as is as a translation, as an academic piece of source material as part of an online collection. And then I was approached by an academic who said, why don't we collaborate and actually publish it as an academic and annotated book and we could do it together. And so then it was going to be in that form. And then I decided maybe I should write it as a novel and pick some characters and sort of combine them with my own grandmother. And, and I started doing that. Um, sorry, here, I'm telling you the whole story. Am I, am I, am I going off or was this? No, you no, you're perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> and so that, then I worked on that for a little bit as a novel. Um, and part of that was also, I, I was scared of the research. I knew how difficult it would really be to really by myself research all these stories. Um, and, and then it was, um, Actually, interestingly, when the women's marches began, that was 10 years after I found the source material, I sensed that there was a really renewed interest in feminism and in hidden women's histories. And that, that gave me kind of inspiration to, to work on what was then a novel. And I, I mentioned it in passing to my literary agent. It, we were meeting about something completely different, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm working on this. And now that women's marches, and there's a new, and she was like, wait a minute, Judy, did this really happen? And I was like, yeah, according to the source material, yes, women, she was like, wait, Jewish women were hiding guns and dynamite under their clothes and taped to their bodies and smuggling around and pull. I was like, yeah, this is, and she stopped me and she was like, no, 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 this has to be a nonfiction book you have to tell this story of what really happened. Um, and I'm very influenced by my agent. And, and you know, she, you know she, she, I knew she was right. I knew she was right. Um, and I had just been avoiding, you know, really, really doing this. Um, and so I left that meeting with her. And I then spent six months working on something completely different because I still wasn't ready. And then finally, I, I finished that. And then I sat down and very quickly wrote a book proposal for a nonfiction book. Um, and that is what ended up becoming the light of day. <laughs> um, so it was only then, uh, you know, 10 years after first finding it that I really, really made this a full time commit, more than full time commitment, traveling the world really, you know, getting into the nitty gritty of the archival and, and testimony work um, and putting this together. It's one of those cases of not only is the truth stranger than fiction, it's more exciting as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as, I'm, you know, as soon as my agent said, Judy, you this is a real story. You have to tell this to the world as a real story. And I knew she was right. I, it's so exciting. It's so it's so important um, to me, to them. I yes, I I'm glad I did it this way. Absolutely, um, the light of days has had a, a bit of a, a storied past already in in publishing. Um, that have your your publish publication dates have changed a couple of times. What and, and I know you know with uh, with the pandemic that we've you know all been 
going through this past year, it's made it more difficult to to launch a book and and a book that that deserves as much attention as this book does. Um, what's it? What's that part of the process been like for you? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked about that. It's been very difficult. Um, I mean, right now everything's looking good, <laughs> but the the past year, the book was supposed to come out last June, and I was in absolute around the clock copy edits, and we were just finishing everything. It was like going to the press, and that was in March. We had just launched the publicity campaign. All the interest started coming in. All everything that was literally like I think it was March eighth or something that this was all I was like up all night we were gonna finish, um, and then you I mean by the next week the all of New York City was shut down, and but no one knew for how long or what you know of course we were all confused of course no one knew what was gonna happen so everyone kept saying well your book is coming out in June it'll be fine by then it'll be fine by then this is of course 2020. <laughs> um, and uh, and so you know, weeks went by, and we and, and as the time starts slipping by, we're like, wait a minute, this you know, this is really this is a rough time <laughs> to publicize a book, yeah. a also a book about the Holocaust, a difficult and um, I mean, you know, a, a it's a it's a it's a, a serious book. It's a nonfiction book about you know serious matter. I mean, it's very uplifting. I hope in the end, um, but it was. It was um, it was hard, you know. The you know it was it was very hard, and then and then it was like one day I got a phone call in May, and it was basically like, no, we're moving it, <laughs> um, which we I knew was the right decision in terms of a book launch, but was also very difficult for me emotionally because I'd been so geared up for this launch for so long, um, and. And I hadn't planned, it, it, you know, it kind of, it was kind of a screeching halt <laughs> kind of um, experience to my creativity. I hadn't, normally if I finish a project, I have an idea of what's coming next or what I'm going to do. And here I was kind of left in a, oh, what now? I have almost a year. <laughs> so oh, that was very, um, I mean, it, it's fine. It's, look, it's you know, very minimal compared to what most people have been through this year. But um, it was it was it was um, disappointing to have to postpone it, of course. Yeah. But but now, you know, when people are hearing this episode, the book is is launching. Um, I think we're releasing this episode on launch day for the book. So you can go grab it now um, if if you are excited about uh, digging into the story of these real people who made a huge impact uh, on on our all too recent history. Um, this the light of days is a book that you that you must have. This is this is a must read for everyone. We're going to put links to it in the show notes of this episode where you can grab it in Kindle edition or hardcover or audiobook. Um, I can't reiterate enough. This is a, a, a must purchase. Um, Judy, if people are just discovering you and want to dig into all the great stuff that you do, where can they find you online? Sure. The best place is my website, which is just judybattalion.com. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram and Twitter um, at Judy Battalion. And on Facebook, it's Judy Battalion Author, just to mix it up a bit. Excellent. We'll put links to all those places where people can uh, can find you easily. Uh, Judy, this has been so much fun chatting. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. 
Thank you so much for your support and for your great questions. I have to go rethink my whole life now. (laughs) (laughs) Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no further than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started. Are you looking for software that helps you bring your novel to life? Novelize is a web-based writing app which allows you to access your work on any device with a browser and an internet connection. Right from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone. Just get the novel written. Say goodbye to sticky notes. With our notebook on the side, you can keep track of all the important information you need to write your novel. We keep distractions to a minimum help you track your progress, and encourage you to write more novels. You can even use the same notebook for your novels in a series. Outline, write, or organize your novel by switching between modes. You can write your outline notes while you're writing, and you can move scenes and chapters around anytime in the organize mode. Choose between the dark and light theme to help prevent eye strain so that you can stay immersed in your book. Novelize, the app for writers by writers.